Yeah, I think the, the the most important thing to to be aware of is the fact that we're in a stage of a lot of uncertainty right now. There's yes. many business owners who are scared, they're confused, and they're attempting to work out you know, what it is that, that they want to do with their lives. And one of the concepts that I think is incredibly important to understand is the, when I have this, then I will addiction. What I mean by that is that very often founders will say, yeah, when I have a successful startup, then I'll get a relationship. When I have my first funding, then I will look after my health. And what often happens that I see is startup founders and those in entrepreneurship end up sacrificing everything they care most about along the journey. What I challenge them to do is actually to flip it on its head and to think, what could you put in place such as business boundaries, so that you can actually enjoy the journey. Hello, dreamers and action takers. Welcome to another episode of Want Money, Got Money. I'm your host, Sam Kamani. My guest today is Ben Ivey, who is originally from UK, but he has worked in places like China and Silicon Valley. Today, he's going to share all about the mental health challenges that most young entrepreneurs and founders go through. He is also going to share how he overcame his own mental health challenges, fatigue and burnout. I think this episode is a must listen for anyone who is struggling from too much stress or too much uncertainty at the present time and is also feeling fatigue from the hustle culture. So having said that, Welcome to the show, Ben. It's great to have you here. Would love to know a bit about your background and how you got started in entrepreneurship. Sure. So I think that I have always been somewhat entrepreneurial. Even at school, I joined something called Young Enterprise. We sold pajamas in school. And then when I was in university, I started importing and exporting sports bags and selling them around the UK. And then I started with an app. We are based in Silicon Valley, uh, helping people uh, memorize through virtual reality. So I always had this entrepreneurial spirit. Along the journey, I really wanted to be able to inspire people, similar to yourself, to do the same. However, I had a moment in my life that was incredibly life-changing. And that's where I lost my father to suicide. And that completely shifted my perspective on entrepreneurship, why I was doing what I was doing. And I ended up quitting that business in Silicon Valley to search about why do these things happen for entrepreneurs and how come we can have these parallel worlds, one which people see and one which we actually live. So I I saw my dad the day before we were best friends and it it really shook my world. So I really went on a, a thirst for knowledge and became obsessed with how do people get to that state? So I started to attend different events I traveled the world. I spent time in China. I started to learn from all these different uh, experts and gurus about the mind and to figure out uh, what happened and also how do you live a really fulfilled life? Because clearly there was something that my dad was missing and I didn't want to go down a road that could lead me down a similar path. So on that journey, I started to inspire people in China. I was doing what any startup does. I was attempting to help as many people as possible uh, as a coach. And then I started to really resonate with entrepreneurs 
And I started to build up a business where I was helping stressed and overwhelmed entrepreneurs ultimately live a great lifestyle whilst they build their business. So they don't have that overwhelm, that stress, that burnout, so they can really enjoy the journey. And then as part of that, I also had people come up to me asking if they could do what I do. And I said, no. <laughs> but then yeah, a few months later, I came back to them and I was like, no, yeah, I can start to teach you, but give me a bit of time. I want to make sure that I give you all the correct skills because yes. I've been on you know, literally hundreds of different courses and I don't want to take someone under my wing who I can't make outstanding at what they do. So then I think four years ago, I started certifying people as lifestyle coaches and helping them gain the skills to impact others and then also build up a business online. That is great. <laughs> that is really inspirational. There is so much to unpack in there. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it. Currently, this is your main thing, that this is where you train people how to yeah. be better at looking after their mental health. Correct. I'm, the way that I phrase it is I help entrepreneurs who are stressed and overwhelmed to live a better lifestyle whilst they boost their business success. So really for me, it's understanding how do I make an entrepreneur incredibly productive sustainably so they can consistently achieve the results uh, that they desire in their life. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that is so good. And it is so timely because trust me, for most tech startup founders, it is a very lonely journey and so many of them suffer from so much stress that they put on themselves, especially if they are solo founders. They put, they carry all that weight on their shoulders. Before we even go into any of the funding and all those sort of things, I would love to get some strategies or what advice would you have to all these founders, entrepreneurs going through that stress, especially in times like these where finances are tight and there's all sorts of pressures. Yeah, I think that the, the most important thing to, to be aware of is the fact that we're in a stage of a lot of uncertainty right now. There's yes. many business owners who are scared, they're confused, and they're attempting to work out you know, what it is that, that they want to do with their lives. And one of the concepts that I think is incredibly important to understand is the, when I have this, then I will addiction. What I mean by that is that very often founders will say, yeah, when I have a successful startup, then I'll get a relationship. When I have my first funding, then I will look after my health. And what often happens that I see is startup founders and those in entrepreneurship end up sacrificing everything that they care most about along the journey. What I challenge them to do is actually to flip it on its head and to think, what could you put in place such as business boundaries so that you can actually enjoy the journey? Because what happens is a lot of entrepreneurs get tunnel vision. And although that is yes. fantastic, it actually stops your business growth because you can't think creatively and in a different way. I'll give you an example. So I had a guy uh, come to me two years ago. His name's Alex, and he has a software company. So he's building software for other people, actually similar to, to very much what you're doing now. And he had a team of 12. And when he came to me, he was working 16 hour, 16 hour days, seven days a week, and he was completely burning out and he was losing money each month. And he was saying, yeah, Ben, I need help with marketing. I need more clients. And within the first five minutes, I figured out marketing is not what this guy needs. 
the biggest challenge he has, and I think that a lot of uh, techie people who do coding struggle with this, is actually perfectionism because everything yes. needs to be correct in code because you're fixing bugs, and that makes sense in that area. But when you apply that to marketing or you apply it to other areas where you need to take those risks and everything can't be perfect because you don't know all those yeah. uh, variables, it has a, has a huge detrimental impact. And what happens is he ended up cutting his uh, team down by 70%. So he only had four people and he ended up 10xing his business that year, which was unreal. So it just goes to show the importance of gaining that perspective and starting to give yourself the space to be able to do things differently. That is such good insight that sometimes you should not only focus on working in the business, but you should work on the business. And when he worked on business, talking about Alex, and that's where he could 10x his business while reducing his workload. So that is really good. But then it's like when you are an entrepreneur and founder, you are being pulled from so many different directions. There is, oh, especially if you're like even the CEO of the company and founder yourself, and then you have to, oh, you need to do the accounts. Oh no, you need to do worry about marketing. You need to do about HR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to do about, worry about the product and regulation. and Like every direction you feel like you're being stretched. So how, yes. what strategy do you have for like someone who's feeling overwhelmed that feel like it's a never-ending to-do list? Yeah. The truth is, as an entrepreneur, it is a never-ending to-do list. The list is never going to get done. So the question is, knowing that the list is never going to get done, can you actually put less pressure on yourself? Because the truth is, as an entrepreneur, we overestimate what we can do in a year but we underestimate what we can do in a decade. And very often it's actually ourselves that puts these uh, goals and this criteria that we have to do these certain things, which causes us to be stressed. So very yeah. often what I pose to entrepreneurs, and if I think about my journey, when I was in Silicon Valley, I was honestly working every single day. I'd see people take a day off and I think they were lazy. Like how could they possibly <laughs> take a day off? And I, I genuinely had that mindset. So I can really speak and, and understand where people come from. But what I've found is that by giving myself the ability of like having a full day off, being able to recharge, what happens is I can continually and sustainably build a business that works as opposed to burning out in the process. And especially when we're overwhelmed, what's happening is we're trying to take on loads at the same time. One of the things that, that I do now, for example, is I set power years. So this is every three months, I set a major strategy for those three months. And then I, I set a few minors as well. And this allows me to have a clear focus as opposed to getting overwhelmed by attempting to do 18 different things at the same time. And that helps me to have a clear focus and actually make much more progress in an area than to become overwhelmed, attempting to stretch myself too thin in many different directions. Yep, that is a excellent strategy. So how does this, these three months work or what sort of structure do you have? So when do you do that? Do you do that at the start of the year? Is there any formula that you have for that? Sure. So the structure is pretty simple. At the beginning of the year, most people set a calendar year. They're like, I'm going to set a year goal. This is what I will achieve. And I speak to people and very often, you know, that goal shifts, that goal changes. And I'll give you a great example. Okay. This year, most entrepreneurs are incredibly stressed this year because the goal they set at the beginning of the year 
is very different to perhaps where they are at the moment because COVID hit, right? You've yeah. got different things that happen. And for entrepreneurs, your ability to pivot is incredibly important. And by setting these three months targets and goals, and I do them every three months. So I, I finish in March and then I set new ones for April, May, and June. Um, what happens is it allows me to have a clear focus. So for example, let's say you're a founder and you realize, okay, what I need to do is get an MVP. That is the most important thing. Like, yes, there's marketing, yes, there's other things, but MVP is the focus. And you say for three months, we're going to hone down on MVP. Yes, we'll do some marketing. Yes, we'll be that. But that is the overarching theme and the goal for us to focus on. And what I find is that people make so much progress in a relatively short period of time because they have that focus as opposed to saying in 12 months or in six months, I want to do this. And that enables people to really hone in and focus on what they're doing each day. And then I also add in something which I like, which are called weekly evaluations. This is honestly one of my favorite habits. And basically this is every week you reflect and you ask yourself a series of questions to figure out if you're on track, it's saying, have I worked on my MVP and how, what am I going to do next week? It's how could, how could this week have been better? And what will I do next week to make it even more sensational? And you start to have these habits that you put in place that accumulate over time that enable you to become an outstanding entrepreneur. You know, one small habit that I think is incredibly important is gratitude. I think that as entrepreneurs, the reason we feel pressure is because we have so many expectations of what we want to achieve and what we expect for ourselves. If we can trade those expectations for gratitude, what happens is we can live in a a more like a place of abundance where we see how lucky we are right now, as opposed to being the stress ball and pressure that it is to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, very true. Do you use, I know there's lots of things out there for gratitude. Do you use any tools, any apps? Do you just do note down things in a diary? What do you do? Sure. So for me, gratitude is pretty simple. Gratitude only works when you actually feel it. So there's some people that write things down. Yeah, I'm grateful for the sun, the bricks. Yeah, a roof, blah, blah, blah. And they don't feel it. So it, it has very little impact. Instead, for me, I go on a walk or I have a rebounder next to me, which is a mini trampoline and I jump up and down on it. And I think, you know, what can I truly be grateful for right now? And I, and I think of the little things and I do it every morning. And what that does is it resets me and it puts me in the right state because we wake up and if you're an entrepreneur and the first thing you do is work, I'd really challenge you to move away from that because what's happening is you're dealing immediately with issues and stress, right? Mm -hmm. Instead, I say this, right? As an entrepreneur, if you can build your emotional capacity up so you can deal with more things, you'll get more stuff done in a day. And I'm sure you've had this where as an entrepreneur, you're not being productive, like you're feeling tired, you're wearing out, you're just slowly working your way through. Whereas, for example, if you were fresh, you would knock that out easily. So really, it's about building up that capacity so you're in the right emotional state and you have that energy tackle a task and really get it done so for, for me it's just gratitude you know closing my eyes and actually feeling what's going on uh, i have some people that write mm-hmm. it down i have other people that reflect but for me closing my eyes and reflecting is is one of the best things that is really good advice um sorry to ask you so many questions around around this aspect of that this is the first thing you do for a lot of people especially in tech i know that and even not so much in tech these days, the first thing people do 
is they pick up their phone, they check their emails, and immediately the stress levels are high because there are inquiries, there are things that you had to do, you get reminded, you have yeah. requests in your email that come in. And then second thing people do is look at the news where the world is even more divided than it was yesterday. <laughs> and then the yeah. third thing they do is look at the social media <laughs> where everyone else is living the life of their dream or most people are. <laughs> and you're Don't not get me started. <laughs> so it's, and to go from that to going to closing your eyes and doing gratitude, it is, I know it has really good long-term benefits, but it is very hard initially to break that habit of as soon as you wake up, do not pick up your phone. Did sure. you never have that habit or did you have to overcome sure. it? Or That's a fantastic thing. So for me, I, I did have that habit. I think everyone does. I think phones are incredibly addictive, especially when it's your alarm. Yes. So I remember I'd wake up, I'd turn, I'd look at BBC, I'd look at the news. And then <laughs> what, what really struck me, and this was probably about five years ago, was when I opened it up and I have clients that are sometimes suicidal. They're so stressed out that they're mm. on the edge. And the first thing I wake up to is someone with a depressed text like, Ben, I'm not sure if I can do this, blah, blah, blah. I've just taken them on as a client and they're feeling incredibly stressed. Now, when I wake up and the first thing I read is something like that, and obviously I want to help, but it's 5 a.m., you know, they're on the other side of the world and suddenly I am experiencing this, this like negativity and I have to be able to control that. For me, I was like, this is not how I want to start my day. And I look at the news and everything is always going wrong. Do I really want to do that? So I came up with the decision then and there that I would have time for myself before I started to take on other people's shit. <laughs> so it, it was very simple. And, and, and it's this, it's that, I got into the habit that the first hour and a half to almost two hours, I will not spend time looking at my phone, doing different things. I want to be able to be a human because the truth is that for many people, their phone controls that. When it vibrates, you look at it. When it calls, you look at it. And instead, it's switching it on, it's on its head. And for me, one of the best things to do is to move my phone away. So most people have it next to their bed. Okay. So what I do is I put it on the other side of the room. It wakes me up. I have water. I have a shower. And then I go downstairs where it doesn't distract me. And for example, you know, preparing for, for this call in the morning, like I don't check my phone. So it's, it's an ability to be able to have that discipline. And as an entrepreneur, you are disciplined, but this is understanding how will this actually be beneficial to me? So what I challenge people to do is to do it for a week. Okay. If you don't like it, cool. Okay. My guess is you will feel so much clearer. You'll feel so much more relaxed that you'll be able to get like so much more done in your day because you're starting it in the right way. You're not immediately being bombarded with all these issues, but instead you're bringing yourself up, you're visualizing, maybe you're doing some exercise and you're getting the endorphins running. So when you start the day, you're in gear five, as opposed to just getting out the starting blocks. Yep. Very true. Would love to know a bit more about your day. I know you've been up like at 7 a.m. there and you've been up for two hours. So what do you do? You wake up at five? <laughs> sure. So there's basically a few different routines that I've played around with. Okay. So usually I would wake up at five. I would exercise, I'll work out, then I'll stretch, then I'll do my routine and then I'll start my day. So for me, really, that's the standard one. 
Now, at the moment, I do something a little bit different in that I exercise in the afternoon because with COVID going on, things like that, I can't really get out the, the house as much. So I find that's a great, great way to relax in between. So very simply for me, it's, it's a simple routine. I wake up and then I have an incredibly large water bottle. I aim to drink as wow, much of it. <laughs> <laughs> to drink as much of it as possible because when you sleep, you're incredibly dehydrated. So yes. most entrepreneurs, when you wake up, feeling like crap and you're tired. It's actually not that you're tired, it's that you're dehydrated. What you do is if you drink 500 milliliters of water straight away, it immediately hydrates you and it's an energy boost. I remember sharing this with an entrepreneur in the US and he said, Ben, it is like magic. I don't know why I haven't done this my whole life. So I drink water immediately. And then I have a freezing cold shower. And believe me, that wakes me up very quickly. Uh, and then I start uh, playing around with my routine. So the first thing I do is stretch and I do stretching for about half an hour. And that enables me to get into the right state. Because for me personally, when I'm on my laptop all day and I, you know, I've got standing desk, I move around. But for me, I found that body pain impacts my productivity when I'm stressed or when my shoulder hurts or when my hips hurt. So for me, stretching in the morning allows me to get in the right state so that I'm then ready to move forward uh, for the day. And then I do about half an hour of getting myself in the right state. So this is gratitude, uh, something called conditioning your identity. Uh, what I mean by that is thinking about the person who you must become in the future in order to live the life you desire and thinking about that now. So for example, in different areas of my life, I think I want to be an ultimate Spartan warrior for my health. I want to be a business chief extraordinaire. And I start to think of those elements. I think of my values. I think of what's most important to me. And then I go into gratitude. I imagine energy coming in and out. And then ultimately, I start to visualize what I want to create in my life. And once you've gone through that hour routine, like then I am ready to rock and roll. Like for me, that time in the morning allows me to move forward. And then usually I'll spend time with my wife. I'll connect. I'm up before she's up. She usually sleeps an extra two hours. That's how she does it. Not for me. And then I connect with her. We have breakfast. And then I start my day. And, And that is an amazing routine that has allowed me to feel incredibly grounded as I build my business and as I take on different projects. Yep. That is, yeah, it is. It's always interesting for me to learn other people's routine. Have you always had that routine or, or what was your routine like when you were working in Bay area or in San Francisco or in the the Bay area, I'd wake up and I'd work. And then (laughs) it was work until basically I couldn't work anymore. And then I'd pass out. Like it was, when I look back, it was such a, a very challenging period. And I have, a, for example, a moment in my life where I've burnt out for six weeks and I've never burnt out before. And it was, it was such a weird feeling of waking up and just feeling so incredibly tired. And what happens yeah. is, is that happens over a period of time and your productivity decreases. Like you start to burn out. You're not looking after yourself properly. And this is where I realized by prioritizing myself now, it enables me to actually have the things that I care about most as I build the business and it, and it helps me thrive so much more than just constantly being tunnel vision on one thing. Yep. <clears throat> That's great. I would like to move on to all the, all these different businesses you have built and some of them all by yourself. Did you ever needed to raise funding or how did you start? 
Sure. I, I had small funding from the university when I was building a bag business just as an initial yeah. injection. Otherwise, it has mainly been bootstrapped in order to build it up. And for me, I think that's the best way. And if you can get that revenue in early, and obviously that depends on the product that, that you're building, I think that's Absolutely. one of the best ways to make it very sustainable. I think that a lot of businesses spend too much time on building something that's perfect. I think one of your recent episodes is saying that, right? You know, yes. Build and they'll come just won't happen, right? That so it, happen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, it's so true. And it's incredibly important to you know, figure out what, the customer wants and create it for yes. them and have them join you on that journey. Yep. No, that's great. What was the first thing you ever sold? The first thing I ever sold, I think <laughs> it was actually chocolate. When I was younger, I think I was about 13 or 14. I remember thinking that I could undercut the shop at school and I could buy in bulk and people would come to me and, and then I could sell that chocolate bar. So I used to buy these things called Freddo's and at the tuck shop, they used to sell them for 10p and I was, and they used to sell them at 20p and I was like, I could sell them at 15p and I could make myself 5p profit because they only cost 10p and i remember starting to sell that i'd sell lucasades i'd sell crisps I, I used to sell a lot of things and then unfortunately got shut down by the teacher when they looked and there was just <laughs> loads of pound coins and this just chocolate in my in my cupboard at school so that was that was probably one of the first things that i sold which is a, a pretty fun venture that is the sign of a true entrepreneur <laughs> <laughs> How did, um, just looking at all your history and you've done so much work in the whole area of mental health and overcoming hardship and all sorts of things. How did you pick this niche of entrepreneurs? What made you choose that? Okay, I'm going to go and help entrepreneurs who... Sure. For me, I think that when we look into an entrepreneur, really, I think it's someone that does something different to other people. And the truth is that I get a lot of entrepreneurs that message me. I also get people who are in the corporate career who are looking to venture out, or they're looking to do things differently, or they're not happy with where they are. And I think that ultimately, for me, I find it fascinating working with people who have such big visions, and they want to achieve such great things. And if I can support them do that, in a way that's more sustainable, where they can get greater results and look at them after themselves in the process and live a great lifestyle. Like for me, that is an incredible gift to be able to give someone the ability to live their life to the fullest whilst they're on the entrepreneurial journey and not wait until they have success to start living life. Yep, <clears throat> that's true. You also mentioned at one stage, you have done some work in in China as well. So what's sure. that venture? Sure. As I started to build my business, I ended up being in a long distance relationship. So she's now my wife, but at the time she was living in Los Angeles. I was doing business in China and then I'm also from the UK. So I travel home. So what happened was I ended up living this life of basically being a, a digital nomad of working from yes. all these different places. And the reason that China was so paramount is that it was there that I started to build up uh, my coaching business and started to help people in China who were overwhelmed, putting a lot of pressure on themselves. I, I think especially in Asia, that's incredibly common. So as I started to speak there, I started to engage in more people. And, and now I have a, a fantastic network out there. I've done a 
TED Talk in Chinese. I've been able to have a, a huge impact on there. And every year, apart from this year, I fly there. I do talks. I do speaking gigs around different places to be able to give back. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I am interviewing another French entrepreneur in two days' time who is who has who just went to China with his Korean girlfriend and thought, okay, we're going to build a business here, build a life here. And then he has a very successful business and runs lots of events and does all sorts of cool things. And it's amazing what some people manage to achieve despite all the cultural barriers. Do you speak Mandarin? Yeah, I do. I don't speak it fluently, but I can get by in Mandarin pretty easily. Oh, that's great. Where did you learn? Did you learn in UK or US? Sure. So I, I did economics and Mandarin at university, but I have to say that I think my Mandarin was incredibly poor there. <laughs> and then as I started to go to China more and more, I started to pick it up. And then I got to an intermediate level. And then I really gave myself a challenge uh, last year of doing the TEDx in Chinese. I'd never done a Chinese speech before. So you can only imagine, <laughs> Sam, what it was like. I'm on a TEDx stage and, I'm, and I've, I've learned the entire speech off by heart. Okay. Now, for me, that was incredibly challenging. And I'm swimming in a pool, reciting my speech as I was going through. It was an incredible experience. And to be able to, to do that definitely pushed my Chinese to another level and my speaking because I remember I'd speak Chinese and then I'd do body language after and it would just look very strange. So I was, I've been incredibly fortunate that I managed to, to do that and, and to give back in Chinese because I really wanted them to feel impacted with me using the, their local language. Oh, fantastic. No, that, that is great. I can absolutely see the impact you would have because of the effort that you have gone to and people recognize that, especially in China. That's what I felt like doing business there and even learning a little bit. And that goes a long way. It shows yeah. your effort. So that is great. So what's next? What's you talked about planning? And so where do you see yourself in say five years time? What's the plan <laughs> Sure. For me, five years is pretty simple. I want to keep expanding my impact uh, internationally and in China. So similar to yeah. yourself, I've, I've got a podcast that I'm launching called The Entrepreneur Lifestyle, where I'm interviewing different entrepreneurs about how do you live a great lifestyle whilst you build up your business and looking into strategies to help people with that so they can gain a variety of perspectives from people that have multi-million-dollar you know, companies, billion-dollar companies, all the way to startups who, who are perhaps moving forward. And I think that'll help inspire people as to what is possible. And then for myself, I, I want to have a huge impact in Chinese, in China as well. And I want to be able to have even more trainers that I'm certifying and they're coming through to be able to have a bigger impact. Because there's only so much I can do myself. And I'd yes. love to be able to have even more people that, that I can train where I can have an impact on a much wider audience. Yep. There's one thing that I do ask all guests on my podcast and that is what is your ask how can any audience connect with you or help you or what are you looking for are you looking for team funding what yes sure now team funding i'm good for me it's really opportunities to have a bigger impact so if there's a place where i can speak if there's a podcast i can be on if there's a, a place that i can share for me, I want to spread the impact, especially during this period. So if anyone knows 
any organizations or people to connect with, I'm, I'm more than happy to have a conversation. Yeah, that is great. Since you, you deal in so much to do with resilience and mental health and all that, what advice do you have for someone going through, for an entrepreneur going through a really difficult time at the moment? I, I think ultimately... When I think about the position that we're in now, especially for entrepreneurs, mm. I think it's incredibly important now more than ever to authentically connect with other entrepreneurs. What I mean by that is that if you ask an entrepreneur how it's going, almost every entrepreneur will say the same thing. Oh, amazing. It's going great. And then you ask them, yeah, how's it really going? Tell me what's yeah. actually going on. And if you have the ability to be vulnerable and courageous and say, look, it's going well, but we're struggling with marketing this year. I can't find the right channel and it's stressing me out and my family is stressing me out. And if you can have that conversation with another human on, on a human level, it yeah. enables you to connect. And I think as entrepreneurs, it's easy to isolate yourself. If you can actually connect with other entrepreneurs, and I, I think it's very important. I connect with people monthly who are entrepreneurs in, in all over the world because it gives me a perspective and an ability to connect and have those conversations that we often don't get. And, and the other one that I'd say is that if you've got a partner, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, you, you have someone to lean on, actually mm -hmm. lean on them and share what's going on. It's easy to bottle everything up. If you can share Uh, actually what's happening say look i had a shit day today or you know today was great i'm starting to move forward and you can have those conversations it really enables you to offload a lot of baggage that we store as entrepreneurs and the last thing i'd say is chill out i think it's so important for entrepreneurs to just relax and go have fun go play mini golf go have a you know a, 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 a drink in a park chill out with friends and i think it's so important to still have some sort of connection with, with other people so that we don't have a world where we're all isolated building our own businesses. That is 100% true. Is there any book that you are reading right now or you recommend? Sure. So whenever I get the question, are there any books that, that I can recommend? I think that for me, I've needed different books at different times in my life. And I think that there is no one book that stands out for me as this is the book to go to as the most outstanding book. I'm, I'm sure one of your books, for example, on the Corona, I think that's business in the Corona. I think that'd be a great book to, to, to get for a lot of people during this period. But I guess for me, when I think about the situation that a lot of people are in right now, Mm -hmm. I think that looking into The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, I think looking into The, the Alchemist, I think those books are very important so that you can see the life's journey. I think very often it's easy to, we've spoken about this quite a lot during this conversation about this inward pressure we put on ourselves. And I think that if you can see there's a light at the end of the tunnel, like you don't have to run, you can have patience. For me, it's that patience that I think is the critical skill that if you have allows you to stand out and become much more sustainable as opposed to this instant gratification that we're so used to in the world that we've become accustomed to. Yep. Second, is there a podcast that you recommend? Is there a podcast I recommend? Well, I'm going to say the Entrepreneur Lifestyle because obviously that's going to be an amazing one. Uh, but, I will put uh, the link podcasts. to that in the description. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but the other ones, I, I was recently on... Uh, a podcast 
Well, I was on a podcast yesterday called Discover Your Talents. I, I thought that was a very interesting, speaking to different people about their career and their journey and how they have built themselves up. I think that was fascinating. I was on Oh My Health was uh, a fascinating one as well. It's about hope and about in life when we are facing challenges, how can we really move forward in a way where there is that hope and what is that story of hope? And I, I guess those two are the ones off the top of my head because I've done them recently that I think would be uh, incredibly helpful for the listeners. Yeah, that's great. Second last question, and that is, if you had unlimited time, money and resources, what would you build or what would you do? <laughs> that is such a good question because I ask that in a lot of my seminars. And, and the way that I phrase it is if you had all the time in the world, yes. all the money, and you couldn't fail, what would you do? And for me, I'd be doing exactly what I'm doing right now. And I think that's really the golden star or the aim that we all have is to do what we want to do if those limits weren't there. Because very often I see them as those limiting beliefs, the, the time, yes. the, the money, and whether or not we believe we can do it. So for me, it's carrying on on this journey. And, and I couldn't be more grateful for where I am and the impact that I'm having and the impact that I will have in the future. It is amazing to see that you have the opportunity and you are doing, or you have seized that opportunity to follow that path and be able to do what you want to do and have that sort of satisfaction. That is amazing. That's really positive to see. Finally, how do people connect with you and reach out to you if they have any questions? Sure. So everyone can connect with me on my website. So ben-ivy.com, I-V-E-Y, I'm not a plant. And they can connect with me on most social media, uh, WeChat's Ben Ivy. And uh, I'm more than happy to have a conversation, connect and to see how I can help you on your journey. That's fantastic. I will put all the links in the description as always, wherever this video and audio goes. Thank you so much, Ben, for your time. It is really has been eye-opening and I'm sure it will help lots and lots of founders who are and entrepreneurs who are going through tough times, who are struggling mentally and emotionally to get that resilience, to, to just to get that, to hear from you. So that'd be amazing. Thank you once again for your time. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And remember for all the entrepreneurs out there, you're not alone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Want Money, Got Money with Sam Kamani. Hope you enjoyed the show and got some valuable insights that would help you in your startup or your business. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate this show on your favorite platform. It would be extremely helpful and I just cannot tell you how much I would appreciate that.